0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Miami upsets Milwaukee, taking a 1-0 series lead. This single win catapults Miami's title odds from 23-1 all the way to 13-1. In this corner, Denver with Jamal Murray versus Utah and Donovan Mitchell. After making history, the first Game 7 of the playoffs goes tonight. Utah favored by one point total. 217 and a half. We may have a bet on that total. Boston Toronto game two has tipped off already live updates as they happen throughout the show. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell
0: You heard it. I'm RJ, live from Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Fezzik has his feet up at the pool right now, back tomorrow. But we've got a best bet from Fezzik, not just one, two. And you know, Jonas Knox in L.A., Joins. You know, Jonas, I can't remember how I did on. My, oh, wait, I won my pick. Fez won his. Now we got multiple picks this hour, like two of them again, Man, as you say, money-making time.
2: Damn right. It feels like September all of a sudden. (laughs) It feels like football season is here, and we're not even betting on football yet. But, RJ, on a day in which we've got multiple running backs in different situations in the NFL when it comes to a contract extension with their current team and NBA playoff action, the matinee edition inside the bubble, what is the Vegas lead here on a Tuesday? Well, I
0: always like when I – Make a late breaking decision and I'm changing it up. I'm going with the Big Ten college football, President Trump. I have a feeling if I had to bet right now, oh, I don't know, would I bet a 50 50? If you gave me two to one, if you gave me plus 200, I'd bet we get Big Ten games this year. And even three days ago, I don't think I would have taken seven to one. So I think there's a surge and we should examine it.
2: Yeah. President Trump called Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren earlier today. According to the president, it was a positive conversation. They felt like they got a lot of things uh, discussed on the table. They got a lot of things settled. And according to Dan Patrick, Fox Sports Radio host, in talking to a source that if all their safety measures needed can get in place, and they can get that stuff done, that October 10th is the target date for a potential start of the Big Ten season. And of course, because it is 2020, we've seen varying reports that have shot that down and also shot down the optimism showed by the president earlier.
0: So just to be clear, Dan Patrick, the Fox Radio host, not yeah. the lieutenant governor of Texas. No, no, yeah, Fox okay, Sports because, Radio host. Yeah. you know, again, you never know. Um, one... I'm not sure, and I'm not saying that anyone said this in particular, but if you look at what Trump said, Trump said he thought the conversation went well. Yeah. Obviously, uh, it's his ability to, by fiat, to wave his hand and say, you guys are playing. It's just not, you know, we're not a, uh, you know, we don't have a king, queen. This is, you know, elected officials. And it, it makes sense that Trump's politically makes sense. He's getting involved. Because think about it, let's say this thing does happen, October 10th, maybe it's November 1st, but there's a big 10 season and Ohio State, for example, has a chance to win the national title. Trump gets a ton of credit, I mean, just massive. And yeah. in a lot of states that matter, Pennsylvania, obviously, Wisconsin, and when I say matter, I mean for the presidential election specifically, there are contested states if it doesn't happen which i still think is probably 65% maybe a little more it looks like he tried he got there he got optimism the surge in optimism just today benefits trump and then if it doesn't happen oh it's the you know guys and all the pencil neck geeks and the you know got the abacuses out like Fezzik, and they just couldn't figure it out so to me politically it makes a ton of sense why he got involved I believe, though, this gives – and I want to get your thoughts on this – this gives the Big Ten an out because I didn't think it made any sense – and let's go back and do a very high-level TikTok for a second – is there was the big move over the weekend uh, weeks ago now in which it was talk about the enlarged hearts and some after effects of this kind of virus potentially in young people and – All of a sudden, it went to Sunday night report, Big Ten's not going to play. Pac-12's not going to play. Then there was a big pushback Monday morning, you recall. And then I think it was Tuesday evening, Big Ten had a a meeting scheduled. And they were going to potentially back off. One of the options was wait three weeks and make a decision. They decided, and it made no sense to me, other than let's get this story over with. We don't like the story, so let's say no and forget about it. Other than that, it made no sense. They didn't wait, but they voted, and it's been released now 11-3. to 3. 11 said, no, let's not play. 3 said, yeah, let's play. Oh, by the way, The Ohio State University was one <laughs> of the three to say yes. And she's been, the, the president now has been out there every chance. I mean, she's on public access, I think, in little AM stations saying, I voted yes, I voted yes, yeah, because you would lose your job there, right? Of I mean, yeah. so isn't it interesting? And we'll talk about this about Michigan saying no. Michigan says, no, we don't want to play. That's it's fascinating how you got the football side and then you've got the academic administrators who are looking to build like an Ivy League of the public school mentality with with a Michigan. And it's a great academic institute. I mean, not so good at football, but a great academic institution. I wonder, does Trump getting involved, the president help? the Big Ten to say, you know something, we can backtrack here because it strikes me if the vote was held today, should there be a season, do you think, Jonas, there's any chance that the vote would be no in the Big Ten?
2: No, I think it would be voted yes.
0: So why not take the opportunity? It doesn't look like you're backtracking as much as the president is asking us. So we took another look. It's going to be difficult because this news broke late about all the good medical reports. And, again, I'm not in a position to judge exactly how good it is, but it seems like the trend line is really good. Yeah. It feels like this is viable.
2: I mean, I don't know how anybody watches, say, Hard Knocks and sees all the protocols that those players have to go through in order to just get out there and practice and think, nah, it's not safe to come back to work. Michigan did 822 COVID-19 tests on their football team in the month of August. There were zero positive results. Zero out of 822. Or as you would say, 0.0, RJ. (laughs) But I just, I look at it and I go, the chancellors, there was this 11-3 to vote, and that was from the presidents and the chancellors of the university. Universities, But a few days ago, there was an article that came out. I think it was on Omaha.com in which it said that all 14 athletic directors voted for a season. So the athletic directors wanted to play, but it was the chancellors and presidents who stepped in and said no to all this. I feel like there's momentum. I just... They they threw out the November uh, Thanksgiving start date, which to me doesn't make any sense whatsoever because your season would still be ending in January. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But this October 10th start date does. And I think there's time to get it done. But it feels like we're in right about now within the next week. They got to come to a conclusion or a decision in some way, shape or form.
0: And listen, world, if you think you're going to put something in Omaha.com and it's going to slip by
2: Jonas, (laughs) it's not.
0: It's not. Don't even think it. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. So to me, though the president obviously is a PR guy, he's thinking about this politically, I think it may offer a real opportunity for the Big Ten to reassess. Can you imagine, Jonas, if things keep trending well, and I think we all wish for that health-wise, is it's November and you're not playing football. It's terrible. I mean, it's going to look really bad. I mean, talk about uh, ice cold takes. Final thing in college football we got a release of the favorites to win the national championship college football. Clemson favored plus 200, two to one. Alabama, three to one. Georgia, four to one. And then it's a drop. All the way to Oklahoma, 12 to 1. Florida, 12 to 1. So it's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma. Where's Ohio State? No Ohio State Buckeyes. (laughs) That's the current favorites to win the college football national championship. Oh, by the way, I do like to, you know, when it's a story I like, I read kind of deeply into it or, you know, not like your level at (laughs) Omaha.com, but I actually read and at the bottom of one of these articles, it said, and this is hilarious. It says um, at the very end, it says something along the lines of when asked at the Pac-12, did President Trump want to talk to the commissioner? And they said, we have not heard from him. So it's like it's like the Pac-12 is just hoping someone asked them to play. But again, politically, the states that are in the big, you know, California, for example, Oregon, Trump's not winning anything there. So all of a sudden football on the West Coast, it doesn't mean quite. As much
2: well, and there just hasn't been. I haven't look. I live in Pac-12 country. I haven't heard anybody, you know, uh, going to, to big to Pac-12 headquarters like they're doing in the Big Ten or having parents or players file a lawsuit against the conference. I haven't heard any really outrage from people here that that want to get this changed. There's former players that are out here. There's former pe- players that are on the air out here that have talked about it, but I haven't heard anything from parents and players that that have been demanding it like the Big Ten has. I
0: agree. And, and Colin says this all the time. It's where does it matter more? Yeah. And, that, and it's like anything else, right? You're, the car has a flat tire. It's a foot of snow. Do you get to that place or not? And the Pac-12, they went back to sleep. Now – The SEC, they're there, and in the Big Ten, they're looking out the window saying, is there going to be a snow day or not? You know, just hoping it's just a two-hour delay. I don't know if you had two-hour delays, (laughs) but we used to. And I used to love them, but I wanted a snow day. All right, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about OKC, Houston, and here's a fascinating stat. Mike D'Antoni in the spot he'll be in tomorrow – has not won a game since 2006. We'll tell you what that spot is.
2: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at the game that forced a game seven in the Western Conference playoffs.
0: Yeah, and we've got that D'Antoni trend. He hasn't done something since 2006, and he has to do it for houston to win great day to join us this is the fastest growing show on fox sports radio audience has doubled in the last year thank you so much for the support this will be this is a bold joe namath level prediction the best football season yet coming up so get ready little money making perhaps but also know more about sports why not it's free (laughs) you can listen on the iHeart radio app, it's that simple. It's modern. You go in, search for Straight Out of Vegas, right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. 103 degrees, and the neon is pumping.
2: So, RJ, we've got a Game 7 set for tomorrow inside the bubble in Orlando after the Oklahoma City Thunder down three games to two in their series with the Houston Rockets got a 104-100 win last night. A lot
0: of people predicted, Jonas, you wouldn't show up for work today. (laughs) They said that that just coincidentally when Houston loses – because for the first time in two years, you took you took a shot at me. Agreed or not?
2: I, I, I don't believe I took a shot. <laughs> but, you, know, I mean. you were up
0: two o. I had OKC. Now, listen, you're still favored, buddy. <laughs> and it was like a veiled shot. I mean, it was smooth as silk. I mean, Kissinger style for the kids out there. Look it up. <laughs> but but I think that it is going to come back to haunt. I think Houston, I, you know, let's be honest. D'Antoni might lose his job. Daryl Moore he might lose his job, and it all can because Jonas Knox finally got snide. Yeah, that's I mean, true. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Here's the trend. And I had a feeling on this because uh, the instinct, or at least the narrative with Dantoni teams, with Harden especially, is when you have a seven game series. And think about this. During the NBA regular season, they don't play any team. Seven games, doesn't matter, division, whatever, and now you're playing them seven straight potentially. What happens is you get familiar with the other team. And if you got a good coach, you make your adjustments, and then the coach on the other side adjusts to those adjustments. And oftentimes, the best coach has one last, you know, you think about Popovich at various points, he'd make an adjustment in game five or six, and there wasn't a counter. So familiarity can really hurt certain players. The defense just gets better guarding the team the offense are familiar with. Now, on the other hand, let's say a winner, Michael Jordan, he was so physically gifted, especially before the last three titles, where he was you know gifted but not quite to that jump out of the gym. Sometimes in these Game 7s, it was give the ball to the GOAT and he'll jump out of the gym and sometimes there's no st- or oftentimes there's no stop in that and that's why you'll see the teams with the highest ceilings are the ones that often win in the NBA playoffs because of this adjustment that happens each game along the way so Harden and their offense is so simple and it's so in a way, you'd say one-dimensional. I'm not sure that's the exact right word, but it's it's certainly predictable compared to other offenses. Well, in theory, by Game 7, by Game 6, it's going to be super predictable. So how has D'Antoni's teams done in Game 6 and 7? And if you look at Games 6 and 7, NBA playoffs, last seven times D'Antoni's teams have faced a Game 6 or 7? straight up, 0-7 against the spread. Wow. Last time they won one, and this is D'Antoni now, May of 2006. I mean, that was over 10 years ago. And (laughs) – I'll tell you right now, Jonas, that makes sense to me, the logic of the predictability of Houston and how it wears thin as the series progress. What do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I I think it makes sense as well, too. And, And I just you just watch Houston late in the game. And even though Houston's got more talent than Oklahoma City does, I just felt better about Oklahoma City being able to get a basket than I did Houston. And that's with one of the great scores the league has ever seen and one of the great athletes and and players that we've seen in the past several years and Russell Westbrook it just something just doesn't seem to mix well there especially late in games.
0: Well listen if you would have called me up I would have explained how it's not always about talent <laughs> but but again we'll
2: see so I also
0: think this people are often handicapping games by saying this team's going to be motivated. It's a must win and I agree that if the choices are, Motivated because it's a high-stakes game or some level of indifference, eh, you know, I'd rather have motivated. But if your two choices are motivated but a normal high-level game, but, hey, it's normal, versus motivated but – there's a lot of jobs on the line. The pressure is even higher. Legacies on the line. You don't think Westbrook is thinking legacy? Yeah. And to me, that's a negative. When you when both teams are properly motivated, where they're motivated enough to care, any other pressure on top of that is a net negative because it's not helping your motivation and what's it doing? It's potentially causing Uh, stress, pressure, and you see that especially with an outside shooting team. I mean, think back, and I think that the listeners are thinking about just the shot after shot Houston took against Golden State. Uh, I mean, old-time fans can think of John Starks against the Rockets and, you know, on the Knicks, and Riley is just miss after miss. It's hard to shoot from outside if the pressure's on. I mean, and that's why for a long time, and Colin was at the other place, I think, or he might have just came over to Fox, but, you know, he kept saying Golden State cannot win a title. You know, a jump shooting team cannot win a title. And obviously the game has changed. But I don't think the concept has changed that it's harder to shoot from outside when the pressure is at its very highest Final words
2: Yeah, I and also you mentioned motivation Stan Van Gundy's talked about this before Where he says, you know, how, how do we know One player's more motivated than another He's like, he coached J.J. Redick And he says, I'll say this, I think J.J. Redick's One of the most motivated players Maybe the most motivated player I've ever been around He's not even in the same class as Michael Jordan So at some point, yeah, motivation's a nice thing But, you know, it's about talent And, and usually, you know, talent wins out overall
0: yeah but I would say this if you say there can be a minus beside the talent level if a team is not motivated and obviously we've seen that in the bubble before the playoffs at various points and then you think maybe there's a minus if there's too much pressure I think that's something people don't often consider they just think it's good they care and at a certain point you can't try any harder right so you're as they said on spinal tap the amp goes to 10 and after that, you can keep trying to turn the dial, but it's not going higher, right. but you can add some stress. I personally, if you look at the, the spread, is five and a half was the latest number I'd seen, and I'll, I'll get an update on that. By the way, speaking of an update, Celtics 38, Raptors 36, two-point game, four minutes left in the second. See, I'm not going to be an update guy, John, in case you're wondering. In Game 7, we're seeing 5.5. So this is an example where the zigzag doesn't really count for a Game 7 because both teams are going to be max motivated. So it kind of makes sense. And the zigzag is when if a team loses, you expect them to be more motivated the next game because they don't want to lose two in a row. Other team gets complacent. But we've seen numerous times in the playoffs in the bubble that the zigzag hasn't gone exactly like we would expect. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. I would like, OKC plus five and a half. I'm not sure it'll be a best bet, but I will lean that way for sure. We'll talk about that one tomorrow, Milwaukee and Miami. How shocked were you? Miami just wins that one, and it looked pretty easy.
2: Yeah, I, that's the part that was surprising to me. I, I look, I thought Miami at worst would get a couple of games in this series. I picked them to win the series, but we talked yesterday. I felt less confident because it seemed like you know Milwaukee had been shocked in their first game against Orlando, and then they'd figured it out and played well uh, after that. And I was like, okay, well they just had you know their wake up call, cold glass of water to the face, and then you run into the heat. And it just feels like they've, they've got their number. They've been really effective against them in, in the regular season. Then they get in the bubble, and it just feels like they know something or have figured out something that a lot of teams haven't. And so I come away from that game a little bit concerned if I'm a Bucks fan just based on what I saw.
0: The odds have moved significantly. We talked about it in the headlines. The Heat's title odds entering the game. So game one, round two. 23 to 1. 100 wins you $2,300. 2,300. One win, one out of four, 13 to 1. They've surged. <laughs> so you got some heat believers. I tell you though, Fezzik might be rubbing off on you because you did it so smooth. You go, yeah, you know, with the heat, I did pick them to win, but it's a like, and he just was just <laughs> just right there, just 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 right in the the terra firma, as they say, just in the <laughs> core of everything. You got to. I mean, I no, you don't actually, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, Fezzik sure does. I agree with you there. He'll be back tomorrow talking about always winners. I'm RJ Bell. All right. Um, here's what worries me: if you're a Milwaukee guy, things that. Cause you to win factors edges in the regular season are different than the playoffs. And there's been a lot, I think the uh, athletic had a good couple of write, write ups on what's the difference, you know, the depth of the bench, for example, doesn't, you know, that eighth guy, that ninth guy doesn't matter as much. Cause they're just not going to make the floor in any uh, material way in any game that really counts, you know, when the season's on the line. But during the regular season, it helps you. If there's injuries, you're fine. Uh, You know, if you have even two injuries, you can just have your rotation be shorter, but it's still not any, let's say, shorter than a regular NBA team. That's a huge advantage. In the playoffs, it's back to the idea, can you get a shot? Can you get a shot? And how many times? You you know, you think about that Utah Jazz-Michael Jordan final game with the Bulls. It wasn't just the play with the statue, you know, the, the poster at the end with the arm follow-through, but it was the defensive play right before that. Get a stop, get a bucket. And the get a bucket when the chips are down is not like the regular season. It's just not. And Giannis, for whatever reason, seems to defer. He seems timid, or fairly timid, at least for a two-time MVP in those spots. And who else is stepping up? I mean, Middleton has not has not had. I mean, he's had a horrible playoffs so far. I mean, it's only been, you know, the five games, but if, or, or the six games. But if you add it up, if your number two's playing, I'm not sure any NBA team has won a title in a long time. With a number two playing as bad as the Milwaukee's,
2: I look at yeah. I look at Mo, and just the entire game. If you look at Giannis, it's not even. Just, first of all, he had twelve field goal attempts. I don't know like how many greats. Like, could you imagine Michael Jordan only getting twelve shot attempts? Like I don't, I don't see that happening. So he only had twelve field goal attempts, and he missed eight free throws. Like it's at some point, free throw shooting always comes back into the conversation, especially in the postseason when you get there. And it just feels like there, there's something going on with him too, to where he feels he went from very quiet, very focused on his work and his play to really being visibly frustrated at times and bothered post game. And hey, maybe,
0: when, did, when did that change happen?
2: I, I, it feels like it happened this year. It just I, and we've seen glimpses of it before to where he's run over somebody and it looked intentional, but he headbutted a guy in the bubble a couple of weeks ago and got suspended for a game. Um, he's had confrontations before. After the game, he looked like he was very frustrated about what went down. And so I'm just curious where his mindset is. And then you've got all these other people on the outside that are talking about, oh, well, when free agency comes up, he's going to want to ditch Milwaukee and get out of there because they can't build around him because they have two max players and in and and, and then Chris Middleton. I just wonder if, if mentally he's just getting a little bit frustrated with what he's having to work with there uh, in Milwaukee.
0: To me, one of the things you do that's most valuable is you're watching the small stuff on the margins and a number of those if you see a pattern, it can be insight that just isn't other places. Now, I will say this. If Milwaukee wins the title this year, guaranteed. One of the narratives will be, you notice when he had butted the guy, he was getting that <laughs> fire burning. Right. And and I could see that, like, to, to be too intellectual, <laughs> to be too abstracted emotionally. Michael Jordan didn't do that either. So to some degree, maybe uh, Giannis doesn't really know yet how to put that blazing passion into the game but maybe this is him feeling his way and if so wouldn't you agree he needs it to to be that you know best player in the nba level in the playoffs performer
2: yeah i just think there's a fine line between being fired up and too emotional and and i wonder if he's starting to creep over into the it's starting to to get to him a little bit and he's shown examples that he can be rather rattled if you get under his skin at certain times during the game
0: to quote t.s elliott Jonas, you never know how far you can go (laughs) till you go too far. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So on that one, show's over. No, we're getting into the NFL, Seattle Seahawks. Fez has... A bonus prop bet on one of their receivers.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can always check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: All right, Seattle is next in the countdown. Let's get Fezzik. He doesn't have a strong opinion, but he's going to talk about Seattle and their over under win total. Let's listen.
3: My number eight team, Seattle Seahawks, I lean under nine and a half wins. Seattle went 11 and five last year, but boy, were they lucky to do so. Seattle had 11 close games last year, decided by one score, and Seattle won nine of them. No way they should have won that many. They should have won about six. That would have made them a 500 team. And that would have been consistent with their overall statistics in terms of from a yards-per-play perspective or from a points-scored perspective. They and their opponents were pretty much equal over the course of the season. So why is this not a best bet going under 9.5? Strength of schedule. Last year, Seattle had the hardest strength of schedule in the NFL. This year, an average strength of schedule. That should get Seattle one more win. Further, Seattle has upgraded their defense, specifically safety Jamal Adams comes on board because of this, just a lean under nine and a half, Seattle Seahawks.
0: That's the way a pro thinks at stevefesikpregame.com, and the way a pro thinks is okay. How good was the team last year? We know we can look at the newspaper and get the record, USA Today perhaps if you're back in 1998. <laughs> but the fact is, the record is deceiving, especially in a short 16 game season. Seattle stats were worse. And that's you think, OK, they shouldn't have won as many games as they won. Now, have they improved? I will say this, Adams, I mean, the amount of positive feedback that trade has gotten after the first responses, it was a lot of, oh, my God, they gave up a lot. But from within Seattle, and I heard John Clayton talking on this, they are ecstatic about what he's going to be able to do with the Seahawks. So Fez says lean under on the season win. When we come back, he's got a bonus best bet on one of the receivers for Seattle and a best bet in the Denver game NBA tonight.
2: That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money making time next here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we continue our conversation as we count down 32 all the way to one. Top teams in the NFL, according to Straight Out of Vegas. We are on team number eight, the Seattle Seahawks
0: and Fez has them as a slight lean under their season win. so he's a little pessimistic, but by a smidge, his rationale was, hey, they won a ton of close games last year. Those tend to even out in the long run. People might say, RJ, Russell Wilson, how good is he in close games? You would expect to win more. Well, last year he was amazing. That's the aberration. Prior to that, in one-score games, In his career, Russell Wilson was three games below 500. He won three. decided in a close fashion he won three less than he lost. So, yeah, did he have a career year? Yeah, they shouldn't have won that many. And Seattle was overrated. We said it all last year because of it, and it makes their number a little inflated here. So Fez likes the under, but we got a bonus. Here comes his prop best bet on Seattle.
3: Prop bet DK Metcalf over 875 reception yards. The trend line is up on Metcalf. He was a rookie last year out of the University of Mississippi, and Metcalf improved throughout the year such that in the second half of the year, his production was consistent with that of a wide receiver that would get 1,000 yards over the course of a season. And I expect Metcalf in his second year to continue to improve on that production such that he will go over 1,000 reception yards. With this number at 875, too low by the bookmaker. Best bet, over 875 reception yards, D.K. Metcalf.
0: It's a pretty good pick from Fez there. A lot of logic there. So Metcalf, you can bet (laughs) receiving yards on the season over 875. Jonas, uh, what's your one Main factor, you think Seattle season this year?
2: Well, as far as Fez goes, the fact that he called it Mississippi and not Ole Miss kind of bothers me a little. Listen, bit, but, if
0: listen know. if he gets if he gets <laughs> through without like saying a curse word or you know accident that we just got to celebrate.
2: <laughs> um, I look, I think Seattle's got the best quarterback in the division, so I always would lean towards a team like that to to win the division. I just look at the NFC West, and I just think it could go several different ways. I don't know what to make. Of the Rams um, Seattle yeah Jamal Adams was a big deal but I still think talent wise I don't know if they're I, I don't think they have more talent than the 49ers I'm not sure they've got more talent than the Rams and I don't even know about Arizona I just think they've got a great quarterback
0: Rams I think are interesting in the in, um I think the coaching staff I think McVeigh, their nose to the grindstone like we've never seen yeah. and I think that bodes well I also think they're in cap hell and that, you know, this Ramsey trade uh, was an all-win last year. You could make the case this year is like a, a last year they could do something until they the, the contracts start to be a real problem. So I think you're going to get a motivated Rams team at a minimum. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Finally, we got Denver tonight. We promised the best bet, and Fez has it. This is on the total and we talked about this and I'll explain some stuff. Let's listen to the bat first from Fez.
3: Denver, Utah game seven under. I get it. These teams have been on fire shooting, especially from downtown where the teams have combined to make almost half of their three-pointers over this series, and they actually made half of their three-pointers in Game 6. Shooting is good in Orlando. However, to make half of your three-pointers is simply unsustainable. I expect that with lots of pressure Game 7 and a likely lower pace that these teams are finally going to cool off somewhat here in Game 7 while still shooting well, and that's going to give us the margin to get under this number. Best bet, Denver, Utah, under.
0: In related news, Fez loves Game of the Century. Brooklyn Dodgers <laughs> to uh, finally get him next year. <laughs> so I mean, he's been on. I mean, this is all you need to know. Last 14 games for Denver, and they're all in the bubble. You know, played 14. They went over the total 13 times. That's one <laughs> under. He's going under, and you know what? I freaking agree with them. And here's all you need to know. The total was 219 in game six. So, this is total points when you add them both up. 219. Okay. So the game went over, but history tells us in game seven, the totals go down five points on average. So, 219 would become 214. The total came out at 220 in this game seven. And it was bet like <laughs> wildfire under, under, under. All the way down to 216 and a half. Now it's drifting back up, 217 and a half. I would say if you like this bat, you like Fez's bat, wait till close to game time when the public, the Joes, keep batting the over. But I actually like it too. Under in this game, he's finally right.
2: Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com for multiple best bets. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Fox Sports Radio.